Hello, my rebels. Today, I take you through some China news. I'll take a break from talking about the pandemic. Uh, China's got some big news. They've got a space station. They just sent some astronauts. They've got a new hypersonic rocket. There's so many things they're doing. And Joe Biden's response is quite something. I'll show that to you. I really want you to get the video version of this podcast because there's so much to see with your eyes. It's not just words to hear with your ears. So please go to rebelnewsplus.com and click subscribe. It's only eight bucks a month, half the price of Netflix. And I think we'll show you something that you can't find anywhere else, a point of view you can't get anywhere else. Eight bucks is not a lot to you, if I may be so bold, but it's a lot to us. It's one of the ways we pay our bills around here and stay independent of government money. Thank you. Tonight, China launches a new missile and sends more astronauts to its space station. In response, Joe Biden announces his pronouns. It's October 20th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I saw this message on the Twitter account of the U.S. State Department. The State Department, that's what they call their foreign affairs department down there. This is what you might expect to see statements about diplomacy or military conflicts or that sort of thing. Here's what they say. Today on International Pronouns Day, we share why many people list pronouns on their email and social media profiles. Read more here on Share America. And if you go there, you'll find this little gem. Some people are pioneering gender-neutral pronouns such as "ji," "zhur," and "zhurs." So this is on the U.S. State Department's agenda, apparently. Sort of like those Floyd George murals that the U.S. government painted on walls in Afghanistan, really. You know, no one really talks that way in real life. It reminds me of that made-up word Latinx that all the liberal white media in the U.S. use. It turns out only 4% of actual Latinos like that word Latinx at all. It's made up. It's really weird. I think it's just a trick to create insiders and outsiders. It's like a secret password to get into your secret club or something. Oh, you don't know the password. It's just a way to marginalize people who you disagree with by being more righteous than them. I mean, whenever anyone focuses on things like that, For example, if they say, no, 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 don't use Aboriginal, say Indigenous. If that's their obsession, that's what they really want to talk about, it's a pretty good indicator that they would rather do that than talk about something real, like, oh, say, fix the boil water advisories that are on dozens of Canadian Indian reserves. So yeah, if someone says Latinx or talks about the pronouns, I think they could well be an inherently unserious person and they want to have a quarrel with you about who is more exquisitely politically correct in their vocabulary. And they'll constantly change the terms to be one step ahead of you rhetorically, by the way, because they'd rather do that than actually getting something done in the real world like clean drinking water on a reserve. Which brings me to the real world. The real world is this. China tests new space capability with hypersonic missile. Launch in August of nuclear-capable rocket that circled the globe took U.S. intelligence by surprise. Let me read a little bit from the story in the Financial Times. 
China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile in August that circled the globe before speeding towards its target, demonstrating an advanced space capability that caught U.S. intelligence by surprise. Five people familiar with the test said the Chinese military launched a rocket that carried a hypersonic glide vehicle, which flew through low-orbit space before cruising down towards its target. The missile missed its target by about two dozen miles, according to three people briefed on the intelligence. But two said the test showed that China has made astounding progress on hypersonic weapons and was far more advanced than U.S. officials realized. The test has raised new questions about why the U.S. often underestimated China's military modernization. We have no idea how they did this, said a fourth person. Oh, just that, eh? So just that. You know, they're pretty busy up there in space. Did you know that China has their own space station? Did you know that? I'll let you look at it while I read to you from a Guardian article in the Guardian newspaper a couple days ago. The story says, Chinese astronauts arrive at space station for longest mission. The Shenzhou 13 vessel docked at its space station to kick off a record-setting six-month stay. Three astronauts successfully docked with China's new space station, state media said, on what is set to be Beijing's longest crewed mission to date and the latest landmark in its drive to become a major space power. Hmm. The three blasted off shortly after midnight on Saturday from the Quan Launch Center in northwest China's Gobi Desert, state-run news agency Xinhua said, with the team expected to spend six months at the Tiangong Space Station. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Oh, and there's Wang Yaping, a new female astronaut, or Taiko Knot, as they call them. Um, but it's not just uh, space. What about jet fighter planes? Here's a news story. I mean, this isn't news. We talked about this with our friend Gordon Chang. Brazen China steadily ramps up warplane flights in Taiwan's airspace. Beijing appears to believe now is the time to test America's resolve in support of the island nation as it boasts of its military might. Over 100 Chinese jets have crossed into Taiwanese airspace. <laughs> yeah, you think? And the Chinese propaganda agencies are outright calling for an invasion. That Global Times tweet, by the way, is in English. Twitter is actually banned in China. It's for our consumption. Um, so are a lot of other things banned in China, though. Um, here's some news. China updates official news sources list to tighten information oversight. Sounds a little bit like Justin Trudeau, doesn't he? Let me read to you. Shanghai from Reuters. The Cyberspace Administration of China, the country's top Internet regulator, published an updated list on Wednesday of 1,358 internet news services stating that information service providers can only reprint news from these sources. Hmm. The list arrives amid a regulatory crackdown on a range of industries from Chinese authorities, including the media sector. Like I say, it sounds like Justin Trudeau. So yeah, hypersonic missiles that can go around the entire world, space stations, Fighter jets swarming Taiwan. Censorship domestically. So what's up at the State Department, eh? Well, here's a video the White House put up a couple months ago. Take a look. One sec. Democracy's calling. <laughs> See you, Daddy. Bye. Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> hey, everyone. Vogue. 
Usually I start off with a big coffee. Sorry, they're like really strict in here. Hey Jenny, I booked you a nail appointment, love. Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that. It's called initiative. <laughs> Hi, White House, this is Cooper. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, doesn't matter. This is actually the entrance to the West Wing. This is so fun and it's really prestigious. Hey POTUS, is Olivia Rodrigo still here? No. We've come a long way in our fight against this virus. We've vaccinated 160 million Americans. Are you getting this all down? Don't worry, Queen. It's all right here. Cooper. Sorry, Miss Jen. And Jen, don't forget to have fun. Spirit fingers, mama. We need to get shots in the arms of every single American. I'm heading to a haircut. Comment if you want me to make more of these. Yeah, I think there's a tiny chance that China and Russia are laughing at America. Just a little chance. I don't think they're laughing with America. I think they're laughing at America. But here's the newest admiral to help fight back. This is from Amazon Washington Post. Rachel Levine, openly transgender health official, sworn in as four-star admiral in public health service. The former Pennsylvania health secretary is the sixth four-star admiral in the history of the health corps. Yeah, um, so that's not a real admiral, but it's, it's more symbolic. But this here is actually a real army general. Why the army thinks a French manicure is an obnoxious color compared to the civilian world, which views it as an understated yet professional look is beyond me. But I have to be in uniform tomorrow, so here we are. It looked nice while it lasted. Got it. That is a real tweet from a real U.S. Army general tweeting about her nail polish. A general is, but she's actually no worse than her boss. Here's General Mark Milley talking about how he studies critical race theory because, you know, that's his job because, you know, white Americans almost staged a coup this January. Take a listen. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out. Because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So that's the same General Mark Milley who called up his Chinese counterpart when Trump was president and promised China that he would tip them off. He would give them an advance warning if America was ever planning to attack China. That's a lot closer to a coup than people meandering around the Capitol building in January. Say, um, General Milley, if I can interrupt you while you're reading your Karl Marx, did Chinese generals give you a heads up before they fired their hypersonic missile? Yeah, I thought not. I tell you, things are just cooking here at Rebel News. Uh, we're bringing aboard new teammates 
almost every week. I mean, we have a new intern starting today, Olivia, who's helping produce this show. We are bringing on video editors, print editors. Our friend Louis Barakpool in London, UK, is joining us full-time. There's so much going on. And one of our outstanding success stories who started really right out of school is my friend Mocha Bazirgan, who is now our chief video videographer. Besides being a great cameraman and editor, he travels this country um, really as uh, a one-man swarm of bees uh, covering the stories, especially on liberty in the pandemic. And he's passing through Toronto today. So we grabbed him, said, Mocha, here, sit down, and let's have a catch-up. Great to see you again. Good to see you, too. And it's true, I was just passing by. I have a flight to catch to Quebec City. I should go back to New Brunswick once again because um, hopefully the pastor who has been arrested there is going to be released. That's what I'm hoping. So finally that I could get an interview. I was going to interview him. He went inside the courthouse. First, everybody, his supporters surrounded him and they prayed for him. So I didn't want to disrupt. He went inside the courthouse, but didn't, didn't, unfortunately didn't make it back out. But this time, hopefully, I will catch It's incredible. I haven't uh, done an exact count, but I think we're close to 10 yes. Christian pastors. I think Alberta has about five. There was someone, a pastor in Manitoba who was imprisoned, and now New Brunswick. I really don't know any other country in the world that's jailing pastors. I know places like China and other authoritarian regimes do jail Christian clergy, or even in some cases, other religions. Mm -hmm. But for Canada to jail coming up on 10 pastors, I really think that makes us unique in a bad way in the world. Yeah, and I asked to those pastors and their um, fellow pastors, where could they seek refuge if even the courts are not upholding the charter? And um, they say, well, it would be nice to s seek refuge somewhere, but we have no other place to seek refuge but God. And um, that's sad to hear, and I see a lot of people smearing at them, saying, oh, they are super spreaders, it's because of them, and justifying their arrest. But, and even in an uh, affidavit of a health bureaucrat who came to inspect one of the church services that was happening illegally, she said she felt too uncomfortable to go there because of COVID reasons. But there is no known um, any, any COVID case there, and at any of these churches whose pa pastors were arrested, there is no known or ev there is no evidence of any um, COVID case. But there is one evidence of a COVID outbreak in the CBC headquarters in Toronto. That's a great point. You know, um, Pastor James Coates at the Grace Victory Church in Edmonton, never a case, never an outbreak. And the health inspector said they brought police just for the delight of the media in that case. Arthur Pavlovsky, Justice Adam Germain, uh, said he was the problem. Again, ne never a case, never an outbreak. It's a bizarre kind of scapegoating as if these Christian pastors are unclean. And I should tell you, that's similar to the language used 70, 80 years ago by the Nazis to talk about the unclean Jew, and I don't mean to be too dramatic. I'm just saying the last time we called an entire group of people unclean, we should marginalize them because they're unclean. That's, I mean, that's the language of dehumanizing someone. It's shocking. So you told us a little bit about your trip to New Brunswick. Very interesting. Um, now, you've also been to three other cities, and I just want a really quick update. I think you most recently came from Winnipeg. Yes. Uh, what's going on there? Winnipeg, well, not, it's not going very good. Pastor Tobias Thiessen of the Church of God in Steinbach, Manitoba, was arrested um, 
Monday night, and I got the call, and I flew there Tuesday morning and interviewed the fellow pastor. Uh, I've been to that church um, 11 months ago when the police was blocking the road to um, block people from going to a drive-in church service. Not even, they're not even congregating. I saw that. What could possibly yeah. be a health reason? You don't leave your car, your windows are rolled up. Yeah. The cars themselves yeah. are socially distanced. So, so how dare the people who did that could arrest pastors and say, oh, our policies are driven by science. We're, you know, how dare they do that? How dare they could say that? I don't understand. Very frustrating. Uh, you were in Calgary. There's a pizza uh, a company there, a pizza yeah. shop, that is trying to defy the requirement that it's suddenly become a doctor, health inspector, secret uh, agent, mm -hmm. policeman. Like, it's bad enough what the government is doing, but for the government to force companies to become spies and informants mm -hmm. too, that's really gross. Tell me about a pizza company in Calgary that doesn't want to go along with it. Well, they're trying their best. They, are giving, they were giving out free pizza. Some people criticize, well, that's not a smart business move. But um, I think they are doing that because they could get shot at any moment. And you don't want to, why would you want to, um, you don't want to waste food. But um, they, they, they always have supporters outside to eat their pizza, hanging out there. It's, it became like a community center for um, the unvaccinated. Because really, what does it mean to be unvaccinated today? You can't go to restaurant. Soon you're not going to be able to fly. And you can't even go to church to seek God. It really is insane. Uh, these are restrictions that typically are put on someone who has been convicted of a crime. Mm -hmm. Then if you're a criminal, only in certain cases, you're sentenced to not being able to leave your house, house arrest. Mm -hmm. You're sentenced to not being able to go places, to have limits on you, to have an ankle bracelet, mm -hmm. or even custody in a prison. Mm -hmm. These are things that normally happen to people who have done something very wrong, mm -hmm. usually more than once, and have had a proper trial where they could put their defenses. Now it's being happened to people who in many cases have lived an exemplary life, have never done anything wrong, have never had any trial or hearing. And by the way, if you want to talk about science, many of the people that this is being done to are naturally immune because they got the virus and got better. And they're probably healthier and less of a risk than some of the people who are getting vaccinated and have these breakthrough infections and aren't being screened at all. I don't believe that we should have a screening snitch culture, but frankly, a young, healthy person who has recovered from the virus is probably less of a threat than an old person who has the false confidence that the vaccine has protected him. Well, Saskatchewan Health Authority disagrees. They say <laughs> it's, uh, it's about being vaccinated or not. It's not about age or comorbidity or anything else. Yeah, I saw that. very funny. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah, I note that that tweet, they didn't allow you to reply to it. Mm -hmm. They knew they were lying. Okay, last story. You spend time in Quebec, and I'm so glad we're covering Quebec well, mm -hmm. because Quebec has a bit of a protest spirit that I think mm -hmm. English Canada doesn't have to the same depth. Can you give us an update? I think that there was a small and perhaps temporary victory, mm -hmm. but the nurses and doctors who were being threatened with being fired made the government blink at least once. Tell us what happened there. Well, I was supposed, to, I went to Quebec City to cover that, but then the um, hearing of Pastor Phil Hutchings was about to happen in, on Friday in New Brunswick. So I wasn't there for that. But I know um, thousands of people showed up, and I know that this, is, this was the biggest um, protest where there were a lot of frontline workers with their uniforms on, and even some police officers. 
Um, Police officers were protesting. Um, that's what I heard, yes. Firefighters, um, paramedics, but I understand that now it is illegal to protest near hospitals and something happened, uh, a, a man who's, who was unable to, who's, um, who have a health condition that, that he cannot speak, what do, you, what do they call that condition? Uh, he's, uh, he's dumb, or, or no. mute? No, no, he just Tourette's or yeah, yeah, something like that. And he was trying to go to his house near the hospital, and he was explaining to the police that, yeah, I'm a protester, but my house is right there. I want to go to my house. He had a speech impediment of some sort, yes. so he couldn't communicate. Yes, and he got arrested. Another, uh, another woman who went to a store without a mask, she got also arrested. It's very frustrating. You know, we are representing hundreds of Quebecers through Fight the Fines. We're trying to represent more people on the vaccine side. It's a little bit higher, harder to lawyer up for vaccines because it's more complicated. Um, you have to be proactive. You can't just be on defense with, like with the tickets. We're, we're trying our best. We do have about 10 actions that we have started. A lot of our battles are with unions because if you represent a unionized worker, you can't go after the employer directly because it's called collective bargaining. So all the union members they're at the mercy of the union boss and if the union boss is on the side of the the company you have to first deal with your union boss so it's that's hampering a lot of the fight back is that a lot of these unions are company unions that is instead of representing the workers to the company they represent the company to the workers and and it's actually a shocking betrayal of whole the whole concept of a union I, I've never been much of a union man myself but Surely if you pay union dues, if you're part of the union, and if you give up your personal rights to the collective, surely the union should help you on something as basic as not wanting to be jabbed um, contrary to your contract. It's well, right now the unvaccinated are a minority, and when you're a minority, um, when you're an individual, do you really have a choice not to pay the union dues? Yeah. I, I worked in union-related um, jobs, you don't have a choice, you have to pay, even though you don't agree with their, what they're doing, even though you think that they are not um, doing what, what is in your best interest. So they don't, they don't have a choice. They, they don't, because, they, they, um, because they don't have a choice, they don't have the control over the union. Mm very frustrating but hopefully the hopefully the blinking of the Quebec government is a sign and I, I note that Southwest Airlines in the United States they were pushing ahead with them uh, with the vaccine mandate their labor unions did a work to rule they had a labor action and they caused the company to change course mm -hmm. in an outburger if I'm not mistaken they just simply refused so it is possible to win and I know that's not a lot to grasp at but it is possible. Mocha, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you for crisscrossing the country and telling stories that no one else is. Folks, I want to let you know that Mocha's a great reporter. You know that great videographer. He's our chief videographer. But it does cost money to keep him in the plane. I mean, you fly three, four times a week. Yes. These days, sometimes even more. Yeah. Um, and we're happy to do it. We're happy to do it because we don't have people in every city. We don't have a permanent person in Winnipeg. We, you know, some of these other cities that we cover, you never know where Mocha's gonna be. He even went up to, to Whitehorse. I went up to um, Fort McMurray, to Victoria Island, all sorts of places. Yeah, so if you can help us 
chip in. I mean, I know you pay $8 a month uh, to watch our paywall shows and that helps, but if you do feel motivated to keep Mocha on the road and in the air, feel free to make a donation at rebelnews.com and I hope you don't mind me asking. I just want to show you the kind of work ethic and passionate consideration of our civil liberties. I mean, as we've told you before, Mocha himself is originally from Turkey, and even when he was a young man, he was called into the police station there oh, because of nice. his YouTube videos, and I, I think of that quite a lot, Mocha, because I keep on thinking, if, you're, if you can stare down a Turkish policeman in a Turkish police station when you're a teenager, mm -hmm. that probably, if you can survive that psychologically, you're going to be a good rebel. Well, it was very stressful days in Turkey, but what is even more painful is that the police that I was dealing with, they know me, they like me, and I know them, and they're likable people, but they have to do their job. And um, it could have ended up me being jailed. My, my other YouTuber friends, who were also critical of the government, they, they got um, um, jail sentences. So that's, that's what, it, it's not like, the police is the enemy, but they are appearing as friends, but they are going to do the, you know, just like the vaccination policies in Canada, where the RCMP union is saying they are going to fight back, they are going to fight for their officers, but they are, the officers are the first ones to arrest pastors or, in, or someone trying to get into a restaurant without a vaccination um, QR code. We live in dangerous days. Mocha Bazirgan, our chief videographer, you're doing a hell of a job. Thanks very much. All right, stay with us. More ahead. back here are some of your letters someone with the nickname big donor well thank you if you're a big donor to us says Okotoks is one of the most conservative towns in Alberta yet only leftists won I noticed that the municipal election used Dominion voting machines fraudulent fraudulent elections springs to mind I didn't know that uh, they use voting machines. Are you sure about that? Um, I, if so, I'd like to look into it because I think that pen and paper or pencil and paper is the best way to do it. I don't think there's a need for electronic voting machines. I think it just opens it up either to actual fraud or people being worried about fraud, which undermines democracy just as much, I think. Um, I think, though, that you can't just blame a voting system. I think you have to blame the lack of candidates and organizations and donors and campaign workers. Workers. I, I think it's easy to look for an excuse. I don't think con conservatives have their act together, and I think the nominally conservative parties in this country, especially federally and at the provincial level, they are anything but conservative. Alfonso Liberty says, there are also plenty of doctors and nurses who have stood up at great risk and spoke the uncomfortable truth about this medical mandate. Thousands of scientists, doctors, and nurses across the world have called this medical emergency totally unnecessary. I don't know if, if it's thousands, because I know that here in Canada, all the key ones who speak out, I think of Calvinder Kaur in Ontario, I think Roger Hodkinson in Alberta, they're immediately slapped with investigations, warnings, or, or even some suspensions by their colleges of physicians and surgeons. I don't think I could count 10 doctors in all of Canada who have spoken out. Bruce Atchison says, how sad that people are being lied to and they still won't understand that. This story shows that these medical bureaucrats are tweeting lies and readers can't even reply. 
that's not free speech. We're becoming like China, where the government says what we can talk about. And like in 1984, all the Winston Smiths are being beaten into submission until they toe the party line. You're talking about the weird lies, including by the Saskatchewan Health Authority, that the virus doesn't pick and choose based on age or fitness level, when of course it does. I find it bizarre, and I think, I think it's to the point of Orwell, where they're lying, we know they're lying, they know we know they're lying, they know we know they know we know they're lying, and that's the point, is that they want to show that they can lie, and you have to agree with it. I find it very strange. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, keep fighting for freedom. Let me leave you with one nurse who is not going quietly. Stay tuned for this video by Adam Sos. That is why the COVID Cabinet Committee today approved a requirement that all 25,000 employees of the Alberta Public Service show proof of vaccination or a negative regular test results. The majority of employees within the broader Alberta public sector, including Alberta Health Services, post-secondary educational institutions, and government agencies, boards, and commissions have already adopted similar policies. The human cost of vaccine mandates and vaccine passports is often forgotten. We think of these things as policies, health measures, but we don't experience the real stories of people whose lives have been turned upside down. Time after time, when we're out telling stories, we encounter people in the most surprising of locations who come up to us to share their stories about how their jobs, their educations, their careers, whatever it may be, have simply evaporated. They've lost all of it because of these vaccine mandates. Dozens of friends who ended up getting the vaccine, but because they felt like they were politically blackmailed, they were backed into a corner and they felt like their life was over and now they're miserable. Adam Sos here for Rebel News, and we are about to be joined by one of the stories that we happened upon, one of the people who has had their lives turned upside down by vaccine mandates. So I'm here with Jessica Whitten. We're actually here uh, talking to your dad about the letter that he put out with Whitten Construction. Um, and then we heard your story, which is incredibly fascinating. So we're uh, fascinating and tragic, in fact. Um, so, so perhaps if you could just start and let us know your circumstance. You, like many students, have been placed in a difficult uh, and challenging circumstance regarding vaccine mandates. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I'm, I was a nursing student at Mount Royal, Mount Royal University up until recently. Um, I decided not to get the vaccine just between personal choice and I have an issue with my heart and other medical conditions. And they told us that Alberta Health Services wasn't doing any type of accommodations for students. So I reached out to my advisor. I asked her, what, I, what do I do? She told me that I'm able to take all my theory courses, but I just won't be able to graduate. She wasn't helpful whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I asked her, I was like, so anybody who wants to be a nurse, a doctor, or just work in healthcare, and they decide not to get the vaccine, whether it's personal reason or medical, they can't like work in any, any of that. And she said, yeah, pretty much. One of the things that we're certainly seeing throughout all of this is there, there's this talk about the healthcare system being entirely overwhelmed mm -hmm. and then nurses are being fired. Nurses aren't being allowed to finish school. Um, particularly though, you had a focus in your education that is a field that not too many people volunteer for. And one certainly that someone compassionate like yourself could help a lot of people. And if you could talk about what you're hoping to do as a nurse. Yeah. So I wanted to work in child cancer. I was in the unit myself for six years. So I wanted to go back and 
I think it would be very full circle. Um, I've wanted to do that since I was in the unit and now I can't. And there's even more shortage of nurses, but really who's to blame there? And it's extremely tragic. We've seen these same nurses who've worked for the past year and a half throughout COVID helping people working in these, uh, what the government would call high risk situations. Suddenly they've gone from heroes to no longer wanted. Um, You have a very beautiful personal story where you've been through the oncological ward and then you want to go back and contribute. Uh, Very much sounds like a dream that you're hoping to fulfill um, to give something back after you received. Um, What does it feel like for AHS mandates and regulations to deem you basically not not enough of a person or not worthy of the capacity to go back and participate in this dream that you've had yeah it's very infuriating and it's devastating because i then had to go into a career where like i'm not i know i'm not going to be as happy but it's one thing that can provide and it's really infuriating because you know it's my body my choice when you want an abortion it's my body my choice when you want doctor assisted suicide but now it's not my body my choice when you want a vaccine Unbelievable. Uh, Do you have other uh, colleagues, other students who are in the same boat as you? I know we've heard from hundreds of students who are in the same situation. How many people are facing the same sort of uh, exclusion? So just at Mount Royal, 11 students were kicked out just for not declaring whether or not they were vaccinated. And then I have dozens of friends who ended up getting the vaccine, but because they felt like they were politically blackmailed, they were backed into a corner and they felt like their life was over and now they're miserable. It's unbelievable. And I mean, the, the like we said when we were talking to your dad, um, the thing that we're forgetting about is they write these policies, but time and time again, they're forgetting about the human cost. You clearly have a heart for this. You want to literally help children battling through cancer. You can relate to their story. You've experienced it. Mm-hmm. And they're saying no. They're saying that you can't do that anymore because you're not willing to get this jab. Um, do you have any words of encouragement for other people who might be in the same situation, who are facing the same kind of heartbreak um, over their sort of dreams evaporating right before them? I think the longer people conform and the less people that speak out, the longer this is going to happen and the more people that are going to be fired. Yes, our medical system is going to be overwhelmed, but you shouldn't be blaming people who don't want to get vaccinated. You should be blaming the government. Like we should have a government who governs for all and not just those that are vaccinated. Jessica certainly isn't alone. Her story of heartbreak is one that countless people are feeling across this province and indeed across this country right now. We want to thank her for her courageous stance and we encourage you if you have a story like this to reach out to us. We'd love to share it. I want to thank you all for tuning in. For Rebel News, I'm Adam Sos. While an apparent medical crisis is overwhelming our systems, nurses are being fired, other nurses are not being allowed to finish their schooling to fill that void. This is incredibly troubling and just one of the many problems resulting from vaccine passports. If you agree that we need to put an end to vaccine passports, go to fightvaccinepassports.com.